My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Unless this is your first Shack House podcast, by now you've heard us talk about the distance gains you get with Callaway irons. So if you're unsatisfied with your irons and even more tired of laying up, it's time to go find out about the number one iron in golf and the brand that's been in the bags of recent PGA Tour winners, Danny Willett, Brian Stewart, and Brandon Grace. Callaway is currently offering a 50% trade-in bonus towards a new set of Callaway irons with 360 face cup technology that has catapulted Callaway to the number one iron in golf, delivering more ball speed and distance. But stop taking our word for it. No laying up. Take your old sticks to a retailer near you for a 50% trade-in bonus and find out for yourself. For more on the new irons and this offer, visit CallawayGolf.com. That's CallawayGolf.com. Let's head to the Shack House. House, joining you here from Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. How are you? I'm good. I bet the weather is better where you're at than where I'm at, Jeff Shackelford. Here in Washington, D.C., we've had a spate of weather that felt like Seattle, Washington. I don't know what is going on. But from the looks of the early stuff I've seen from some of the uh, social media broadcastings and golf channel, it looks like the weather down in Ponte Vedra is lovely. Am I right? Yes, fingers crossed. So far, so good. And there's only one little iffy thing in the forecast. So it should be a good week for the Players' Championship, which is, by the way, for those who don't know, that is why I'm in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, uh, home of the Players' Championship since the uh, early 80s or late 70s, excuse me. And uh, it's a grand event house. I don't know how you feel about the players, but uh, for, for media and fans, it's a really nice event to come to. Uh, has a great vibe. Uh, a lot of people have kind of mixed feelings, I'd say, about how it comes across on on TV over the years. Is that sort of your uh, your sense? Yeah, there's always been a tries too hard uh, vibe to it in terms of the. I think it's the tour that's ultimately the culprit, trying to push this narrative of fifth major and all this other kind of 
silliness. It's a cool little tournament. They offer a huge purse, so they get great players. The field this week is outstanding. All 20 of the top 20, um, plus, you know, all kinds of other uh, highly rated, highly ranked, highly successful uh, professionals, a bunch of great first-timers uh, in this year's event. And, you know, it's a, it's a neat course. I will tell you, it looks, uh, it's not like visually stunning on television, but, you know, the 17th has its charm and, uh, you know, a couple of iconic moments on the 17th. Um, it's a great tournament now in May, and I really yeah. applaud the tour's decision to move it from March to May because it sets up the schedule now to give us something. We have this nice little um, teaser event in March, which is the match play event. We have the Masters. We have the players in Qua Quail Hollow together in May. Then we have the U.S. Open, the uh, Open Championship that we like to call the British Open here in the States, and then the PGA. That's a nice run. What do you think, It Jeff? is, it, and I will uh, I will mark this point in the podcast and send it to the commissioner's office because he'll be so thrilled to hear you compliment him on that. Most of the people who have been coming to this event for years gripe about this move to May, and I'm with you in the sense that it it's better for the schedule. It really works in a nice way in a point of the year that used to just be so dead. And the, the problem is the people who used to come to this event when it was two weeks before the Masters have these amazingly fond memories of just the, the, the different vibe, the tension, the players getting ready for the Masters. Uh, the golf course was overseated and green and uh, tended to get uh, a little edgier in terms of the setup and all that because of the weather. And there were just it was just a totally different atmosphere. The problem was it essentially was a preparatory event for the masters and now it's kind of a standalone thing and as you noted it's struggled with its identity and that's something i i directly blame the the, the commissioner for because dean beeman set this tournament out to be the the tour's flagship event and he, he had a lot of different goals in mind and over the years, they've just tried a lot of different things. They've been sort of a wannabe major. And the, the only thing that's really kind of held the whole thing together all along is the 17th hole. The, everything else has changed and gone through phases and uh, growing phases. And, and uh, uh, just all sorts of different elements have been added to the course, taken away. And uh, then there's kind of the, what is this event? Is it they tried sort of a fifth major push? And the press sort of bought into that, and that just drove people nuts. And I think now they're finally starting to relax a little bit and and be comfortable in their own skin. Uh, but that said, what's ironic about this event is that the players, it's their own event, and they have sort of lukewarm feelings, which you'll probably detect in a lot of the, the interviews you hear this week. Uh, and, maybe, and maybe subliminally, a lot of people may not notice it, but they have mixed feelings about this place. Well, the the course has all of the ch charm of you know a flat Florida course, with the variation being dog leg left, dog leg right, water left, water right, island green. So, and it's it's Pete Dye, and this is our third Pete Dye, I think, since the Masters. Um, which is also kind of a, I don't know if that's a schedule anomaly, if that's the way the schedule sets up now. 
Um, it's supposed. It, it, it has the reputation of being the Pete Dye masterpiece. I, I think. Is that right? Um, to some people, to the players, Harbor Town is his masterpiece. This one, they most players feel like it's been over meddled with, and they're correct. Um, I mean, just so for some background, this place when it opened, and those who remember it know, in 1982 was wild. It looked like something out of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the railroad ties were crooked, and you know the clubhouse was this bizarre, sunken, dark little weird building. And but it was cool. And over the years, they've they've cleaned it up and and sort of sterilized it and taken away that rustic, uh, uh, kind of goofy, uh, oddball feel to the place. And that's uh, obviously they have a lot of money. They're able to clean things up and sterilize. And that's a it's a wonderful thing to have millions and millions of dollars to play with. And then they built this massive uh, clubhouse that I call Taj, uh, Taj Tim. It, it, it's sort of like Lord Farquaad's uh, castle on the hill. It's just just ridiculously large and, and um, uh, just kind of over the top. But so it's changed in its identity. It's gone more corporate. It's gone all the things you'd kind of expect of the tour. And and I don't know if the players would welcome that old look to the place, but I know on television visually, I think you would be able to differentiate the holes better than you you do now. Um, I actually admire the, the the left right thing you were talking about. That is probably why this is sort of a democratic event. It doesn't really favor a certain kind of playing style, and a lot of people love that about it. So it makes picking a winner very tough. And we'll get to that yeah, a little so bit later on, on- in the show. Yeah, we, we will. I, it has, uh, and it's interesting, that Democratic point you just made. Um, the list of winners is esteemed, although it's populated with a bunch of folks uh, who are on the, um, you know, best player to, ne- to have never won a major list, um, including guys like, you know, Sergio, obviously, Stenson is on that list. And Adam Scott was on that list until he won uh, the Masters a couple years ago. Fowler is on that list. Um, you know, the the only, you know, the two big uh, differences, the two big major winners on here are Tiger and Phil. Um, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's an esteemed list of, of winners with the crazy exception of Craig Perks. Um, yeah. But, but you know, uh, it, it does – and I guess Stephen Ames was not exactly yeah, a household name either. Yeah, I was going to throw Stephen either. Ames, not to pick on him, but, yeah. <laughs> not exactly a household name. No. Um, but accomplished players, you know, it, it does uh, have the effect of producing, like, le- legit winners. You don't get a lot of first-time winners. And then we're going to talk about the impressive group of first-timers, but there's not a big track record of first-timers winning on this golf course. Um so in that respect, I I, res- I, I do respect um, the, the the course and the champions it produces, um, but it, it it is not you know to to my you know viewership from TV one of the ones I look forward to because of what it, it how it looks on TV. Yeah, and uh, and that's going to be the issue kind of for this event going forward is is the identity, and that's why I'm sort of excited about this year on a number of levels one i wrote a piece for our my weekly column at golfdigest.com where i laid out all the cool things that they're trying to do and they finally have let go of trying to be like every other tournament so they're just pushing all sorts of wild sort of fan friendly type initiatives 
this week uh, that are related to both the viewing at home and the online viewing and all that good stuff, and then on site. And that is exciting to me because it kind of means they're giving up this trying to be like a wannabe masters. Um, and then, you know, they'll really are, they're really giving that up when they get rid of all the flowers all, all over the place, which are don't really belong, but they're trying to make this a progressive that that's the standard for all the other tournaments. And I think that, that will get people more excited. And I don't think it's any coincidence. A lot of this has been happening in the last few years as Tim Fincham starts to, to prepare as commissioner. And, you know, he really, this is his baby and he, he runs, um, the next commissioner, Jay Monahan, used to be the tournament director here, and Jay's from the New Orleans, New England sports scene, and he's he's more of a sports fan. And so, having been a tournament director here, he brought in things like food trucks and just all the different stuff they've done. That's kind of like, you know, hey, we don't take ourselves that seriously. This is about trying to take the tournament fan viewing experience to a new level. Um, the the thing though that we'll be telling is about how influential the next commissioner is if he's our, our our rob manfred or adam silver is if he is able to take the golf course to um another level and try to get back that old vibe that makes this place like unlike anything else on the tour and that's tough when you're reporting to 200 players who all have different opinions and uh let you know them and most of them are are fairly uninformed about golf course design there are a few who are fantastic and then there are the rest who just um gripe about whatever gets in the way of their game um they are closing closing the course down after the the tournament this year house for yet another remodel job um and they've been pretty light on the details i think because they don't want to overshadow this year's event and they know it'll be the narrative next year um so anyway i were i don't want to talk down the players because it's a great event i think to watch on tv and last year's event was rather epic with ricky's finish but i feel like there haven't been enough finishes like that here given the holes that you have down the stretch yeah 17 and 18 are um wonderful closing holes uh and the drama from last year proves the point um it would be great to have um you know a nice tight leaderboard uh, at the end of the day, Sunday, and guys feeling the pressure of 17 and 18 and, you know, giving us a little bit of, of a Sunday evening juice. Well, and don't count out the 16th hole. It's actually probably as good as any hole down the stretch. The problem is it's getting to there is pretty dreadful. And one of the things they're going to do is change the 12th hole into a risk-reward hole. Pete Dye isn't a, into the risk-reward thing on drivable par fours. And um, it's just something he doesn't like to do. He's resisted it. And every, we've seen over and over again the last six, seven, eight years where, where even the tour has gotten in the business of making holes drivable and and how much more exciting that is down the stretch and it's also telling who's a good player who makes great decisions and makes great shots under pressure and so they're going to convert the 12th here to more uh, a more drivable hole try to tempt them into going for it and that'll kind of set up this great stretch then of the, the first three holes of the back nine being very birdieable then just uh, three really tough holes 13 14 15 and then this sort of potential for again the, the grand finish all depending on weather and all that stuff so it has the makings, and they're aware that there are little things they can do to make it even more. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what happens when Tim Fincham is not scaring the living daylights out of people into trying to think of fun new ways to make this event its own event, have its real 
a real pure identity and and uh, i mean gosh they've changed the name like 18 times just since i've been coming here and some years it's thes in all caps and players is in caps then it's not in caps i mean it's just been sort of sad to watch well, that look element, oh, element they just need it. to they, <laughs> they just need to do what they they're doing Offer up a humongous purse and get the best players to come. That's it. I'm, I'm watching. Yeah. You get the top 20, I'm in. I'm going to watch all weekend long. I'm going to love it. I don't even really care um, what the course looks like. I want to see the best players play against each other. And as long as the course isn't producing, you know, outlier results in terms of, um, you know, the the, the who, who might win and who might have an advantage, um, I'm cool with it. And, and so this all sets up for a great weekend coming up. Okay. Well, and if it's a real snooze fest house, you can uh, hopefully have uh, a decent mattress to lie down on and take a great uh, PGA Tour induced nap. Hey, what is it about buying a mattress that leaves you feeling violated? Is it the pushy salespeople or the fake presents they sell or the fact you know you'll regret what you bought the minute you walk out the store and you feel that shameful post-mattress store vibe? Hey, those days are over thanks to Helix Sleep, where you can buy a mattress online customized for you for hundreds of dollars instead of thousands. So go to helixsleep.com, answer a few simple questions, and Helix creates your sleep profile, all custom built around you, and they will then create the most comfortable mattress you'll ever sleep on. The mattress arrives at your door in about a week. Shipping's 100% free. And if you do love your Helix mattress, you get to keep it and your dignity. You have 100 nights to try it out. Don't love it. You can pick it up for free, or they will pick it up for free. Give you 100% refund. No questions asked. It's like it never happened. That's why everyone from GQ to Forbes has been talking about Helix Sleep. So go to helixsleep.com slash house and get $50 off your order. That's right. That's all caps or low caps. House. The keyword is house. $50 off at helixsleep.com. Let's get to another fun topic this week in golf. Um, actually, I don't know how many people paid attention, but I put it on my website. Uh, I think you saw it. There's a, a fantastic story in the uh, it's Dallas Magazine by Art Strickland called The Selling of Speed. And uh, did you get a chance to read it? I did. I have to give a quick shout out to Kyle Porter. That's how I got at it from CBSSports.com. Me too. Um, and that's how He's a Dallas I... Guy. I, I, I the thing showed up on our uh, our radar. Um, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, it was. I'll put it up on my website. I'll put up uh, some show notes on my site too, and I'll have the link there. Uh, it, it's a fascinating story on a number of levels, and I'd be curious what you think because we, you and I, did a test podcast a while back. So uh, that will that is sleeping with the fishes, and no one will ever hear. It, but we talked about Jordan Spieth and some of the signs that he was going big time on the corporate front and, and selling an image, selling a lifestyle brand, all that stuff that they like to talk about that makes them a lot of money and good for him. That's he's entitled to do that. But this article is fascinating because I think part of the allure of speech to people when you talk to them and you hear about it is they love that he's kind of got this seemingly grounded family and uh you know very talented basketball player brother the sweetheart sister who's meant so much to him um his parents being athletes have have really kept him grounded and and steered him the right way and not been um meddling like kind of your classic uh, pro athlete parent and so when you read an article like this where you start hearing all the corporate speak and the business speak it it i felt like it was an article you read and you thought oh no why did they why did they do that it was well done art did a great job but 
that was kind of how I left it. You know, I, I don't have a problem with Jay Danzi as agent saying I'm the brand steward, the brand manager. It's something I worry about every day. Well, he's right. That's what that's what they do. They they that's an, an agent's job. But when Jordan's using words like the activation and his dad was talking about the C-level people that they know through Jesuit uh, Academy or high or whatever it's called. Uh, I, I don't know. Did I? <sighs> I, I don't like so to it, say it, it was unseemly, but it, it it was just not something I thought they should have been putting out there. Yeah, why do the story? Like, that's the part that, that was so um, eyebrow-raising to me. I don't mind, um, you know, Spieth and his family at this early stage in his career with the early um, success that he's achieved looking for ways to maximize um his overall uh, uh, earning potential and create for himself this brand and all those kinds of things. Um, but you just, the, the, the story gives a, a, uh, the appearance of this cash grab angle that happens to fit with a narrative that um, we talked about a little and lots of other folks in uh, real golf media um, you know, discussed early in the season about his struggles, Spieth's struggles, because of what appeared to be like crazy world travel, some insane number of, of miles that that Team Spieth, uh, you know, apparently, uh, um, you know, uh, conspired on and came up with this off-season um, world tour that l- looked to, to – us look to us and others as you know having a, a, a bad effect on his success um, here in the U.S. Now he was about to shut us all up uh, until he got to the twelfth hole on Sunday um, because yeah. you know we we the, the the whole point is is uh, for 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 Jordan is performance in the Masters and he was through um, you know three and and a half uh, uh, rounds of the Masters about to, you know, put a very emphatic, you know, uh, STFU on all of us. Um, And then the the 12th hole happened and he he got second place. Um, Mm. But I I found the story fascinating because he's so early in his career right now. And, you know, it's fine to have the ambition. I don't begrudge them any of it, but you don't need to go sit down with um, reporters and tell them about your strategy and discuss with them, you know, how it is that you intend to go maximize the dollars and maximize the brand and all that uh, B-school um, silly yeah. speak that, that was in, in the article. So that's what was sort of eyebrow, eyebrow raising uh, about it to me. Yeah, and maybe you made an interesting point there on the way this came out timing-wise, because obviously this was done probably months ago. It's a monthly magazine, and it's one of those things where these things are, are put together well in advance. But when you couple it with sort of the the master's meltdown, which I think we a lot of us trace to just being a little bit off, and he's been a little bit off since Kapalua, and why is that? You know, the only thing you can really – put a finger on is that that he what he says which is that he over traveled and got a little carried away and uh i still think it's fantastic that his little bit off is is so good that it can lead the masters through 65 holes but it does just you you couple that that what happened there 
and the sense that he's been a little bit spread thin, a little bit um, um, overexposed to to having to spend free time uh, doing his his off the course money making stuff with that kind of collapse. And I guess that's probably I didn't even think about that. It it probably makes it feel a little bit worse, maybe even than it is, because I'm sure some people would read this and. It's funny, like his dad has a comment, a throwaway line about we have supplemental insurance, we're prepared. And some people just thought that was so off-putting and, and, and kind of creepy. And and I that didn't bother me at all. But I guess in the context of um, what happened, that, that some people might read comments like that and go, oh, yeah, these people are just all about the the, the money when they're when they're not it's they really aren't but um jordan I mean, clearly they have they have some things in mind about making money but uh most of what i've seen watching jay danzi his agent work around jordan is about keeping his player his client his guy uh is as ready as he can to go play golf they've obviously made mistakes on that front but that is i don't sense that he's standing around looking uh every for every way he can make a buck off off this guy when he's here managing him in a tournament he's all in and jordan's all in so it's a uh, it's uh anyway i encourage people to read it i think it's well worth their time once you say uh, house because it's always fun to read sort of yeah. a behind the scenes business take whether you you agree with it or not yeah for sure and i i would have liked a little bit more and i understand um your point on you know, when the article was, was probably written, um, you know, for it to be published just in the last week or so, um, it would have been cool to have had a little more insight into the game plan for the schedule because, you know, he did just take off a whole month. He took off from the Masters until now the players. And so if, if the narrative um, and, the, and the, the family and Danzy had been telling us, well, look, the way that the, we have his schedule set up, he's going to get his rest between you know two huge events, then you can say, okay, I I, I kind of get that. Um, you don't want it getting in the way of of his success at the Masters. And again, he was right on the brink of of um, you know uh, proving that point out to us, even with a bulky driver. Um, the other thing about the story that um, caught me a little by surprise, I guess, was um, the introduction of Coke as a sponsor. And and how they um, honed in on on Jordan as their fir the first golfer that they um, want as a brand ambassador um, in like 30 or 40 years or something, and how they imagine him as as part of their six pack of Olympians. That that was the yeah. phrasing that that I saw. Um, it was a weird, and this is what we talked about on the Dead podcast. The signing up with Coke is kind of weird because. Uh, you know, Coke isn't that great of a of a product. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. There is this, you know, um, undercurrent, uh, you know, throughout the national health story here um, right. in the United States of America around, you know, um, childhood obesity and, and the sugar drinks having a, a, a bad role in all of that. And I guess it's possible that um, Jordan can be out pimping the Dasani water. I would say um, that to me, the Dasani water is the worst of all the waters. But uh, <laughs> it was just so curious to me to see that um, that alignment, you know, that 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 Coke Spieth brand alignment. Um, I don't know if that caught you, uh, gave gave you any reaction at all. 
It did, and and I had the same negative reaction that that I did to uh, the the guy's trip in the Bahamas, and and only because I just have watched him work at tournaments and how much he loves kids and how much he takes the responsibility of making eye contact when it's appropriate, bumping and and high-fiving and signing. And he knows the power he has over uh, young boys and girls, and I've watched him do it, and it's so cool. You know, when, when you see the players and people like to – poke fun at Phil, this and that. Phil is unbelievable with kids and making sure that he gives out every ball that he takes out of play goes to a kid uh, near the ropes. And Jordan doesn't always do that, but uh, he gets in a little bit different zone on the course, but he values kids being at tournaments so much. And so, yeah, the Coca-Cola thing uh, always bothered me, but it makes more sense now when you read this story because essentially it's – uh, it, it it's getting him to the Olympic Games in Rio. He 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 won't be missing that now, uh, thanks to this arrangement. And then also, he he is genuine in his his love of the Olympics. I don't sense he's uh, I don't sense Coke is uh, forcing him to go to the Olympics. He he wants to be there, but it you know again I, that's a that was an element of the story that I think ultimately a lot of people will read and go. I'd rather not have known that. That'll that'll make me root for him more, but. Um, uh, House, you know, as a really unnatural, awkward segue, uh, as we as we uh, pick on Jordan and his uh, his uh, pimping. Uh, <laughs> hey, have you heard about the Chrome Soft? <laughs> Speaking of pimping, yeah. I, I have heard about the Chrome Soft. We're, we 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 have a personalizing uh, opportunity now. Maybe I'll put I'll put pimping on mine. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, I have no problem pimping the Chrome Soft One because uh, it's the ball that changed the ball. It's a great ball. It's an incredible value price-wise. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm very proud that they are a supporter of this show and they're making a world-class golf ball that is at a very affordable price. And now, for a limited time, can be personalized um, for free. And that uh, free custom stamping on white or yellow balls. And House, I don't think you and I are either yellow ball types, but some people are, and it helps their uh, game, whatever works. Um, You can tout your infamous nickname or brand each ball with the name of your favorite golf podcast on the Ringer Network, hint, hint. Uh, With Father's Day coming up next month, it's a great gift for Dad. The offer is available at retailers nationwide. Uh, or you can more conveniently order online at callawaygolf.com uh, or go to your favorite golf shop. Talk to them about it because the, uh, the Chrome Soft delivers exceptional distance, more control into the green, uh, all with a great soft feel, great price. Try them now. Do it. Put a stamp on it. I would not, just one piece of advice to people out there, I would not put the full name on it. The initials work. Uh, full name is a little embarrassing when you lose a ball and somebody finds it and brings it back to you. I happen to know because I know somebody who plays golf with balls with their name on it. Little, little tacky. Um, go with the initials. Go with the nickname. Or Shack House works for me, too. Shack House works. Jeff, I also want to tell you about our other sponsor, DraftKings. Let us all together experience the thrill of one-week fantasy golf this week at DraftKings.com. Amazing prizes are up for grabs each time you play. Playing is easy. Just pick six golfers before the tournament tees off. You stay under the $50,000 salary cap. 
rack up points based on how your players do. Let me tell you, I have a house hot six that I'm gonna go ahead and roll out for everybody right now. This is the house hot six. I hope everybody wins uh, every one of the tournaments on DraftKings.com with this. I'm taking Sergio at 9,900, Stenson at 9,500, Pat Reed at 8,700, Billy Horschel 8,200, Mark Leishman at 7,300, and my main man, David Hearn, 6,100. Loves playing the Pete Dye designs, David Hearn. That is my house hot six, DraftKings.com. Use the code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, at DraftKings.com now and play for free with your first deposit in this week's Fantasy Golf Contest with 400,000 in prizes. Top prizes, 100,000. You could seriously cash in, my friends. That's code HOUSE, C-J-U-S-E, to play for free. A shot at the 100,000 top prize only at DraftKings.com, DraftKings.com. Words I never thought I'd hear in my life. My main man, David Hearn. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll believe you uh, on that one. Uh, he is not my pick this week. I uh, I am I'm going to go with uh, Hideki Matsuyama. I just feel like he's kind of trending here in a way that's positive. He's uh, trended last week. He played okay. Got a little bit better each day, and uh, I just think he's he's ready to break through in a big event like the uh, the players this week. So, uh, but. House, I, I'm more interested in hearing your one pick after we talk about some young guys um, because this week is uh, the debut players for a bunch of interesting names. Now, just let me set the scene for you. On Wednesday of the players at 9 in the morning, they always have the first-time participants press conference, and it's this uh, awkward event in that usually there's like one or two guys who are the hot interesting story coming in new blood at the players everybody kind of stands around and it's a nice cool setting for the press because you, you get to just kind of walk right up to them but they it's it's awkward in that they set all the first time participants up in a director's chair and then sitting next to them is a standard bearer with their name and there's inevitably like three or four guys that nobody's paying attention to so they look at their cell phone and you eventually just go over and start talking to them because you feel sorry for them but this year, let me read you some of the names of the first-time participants. This is easily the best group I have uh, seen that they've uh, really had in terms of quality of play coming into the event. And some of these names to people listening to this show are not going to be very familiar. But if you follow golf, you're going to know that pretty much each one of the ones I'm going to pick on in the first-time participants group, and it's not even the full group, has just an awesome story to tell uh, about the way they've been playing golf and trending. Uh, Andres Gonzalez, Andy Sullivan, who hasn't been playing very well lately, but had an amazing year last year. Been on one of the best players in the world right now that nobody knows about, uh, uh, South Korean Carlos Ortiz, who won last uh, year. Emiliano Grio, excuse me, wait, Grio won, not Ortiz. Uh, Fabian Gomez, Hudson Swafford, Jim Herman, who won in Houston. Um, by the way, great podcast with Jim Herman on the Scottish Golf Travel Podcast this week with our friend Rue McDonald. Jim is a big fan of Lynx Golf. Um, uh, Afri Barnrat, Carl, Kyle Reefers, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Rafa Cabrera Bayo is a first time participant here. Tony Finau, great player. Smiley Kaufman, uh, who was in the last pairing on Saturday at the Masters. Zach Blair, who almost won at the Sony Open. Jamie Lovemark, who has just been knocking on the door the last few weeks. And Siwoo Kim, another player, a Korean player that a lot of people don't know about, who is 
an outstanding player. So I'm really looking forward, House, to this gathering tomorrow. I'm going to kind of pick my battles uh, of who I want to go talk to. But I, 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 I also point this out because people are getting ready to hopefully put together their fantasy lineups or enter their pools. And I'm going to make a case that this is a great place for a first-time participant because the golf course has beaten down so many people. <laughs> And there are so many funky bounces you get around the greens that some people get so disgusted here so quickly. The new guys may have a more open mind coming here. I would not be surprised if somebody in that group is in one of the last two pairings on uh, the weekend. Your deepest yeah, I thoughts. I like that. There is a, a track record for a newcomer to come uh, out to the players and perform well and end up in one of the last three groups. There isn't a strong track, track record of those um, dudes actually pulling out uh, a W. It seems like you know more established and, and guys that have um, played the course before uh, tend to actually win the event. But we do always see uh, an up-and-comer. And this that group you just... Uh, reeled off is an awesome group i mean i i am there are many names in there that i'm personally going to be looking at um for a top 20 wager a top 10 wager and then i'm going to be parlaying a handful of those names with some other players um who've, who've been around the block a couple times on on uh, make the cut parlay bet uh, as well but that's a that group that you just reeled off a um, lot of guys that have been in final groups. Ben on just uh, lost in a playoff. Smiley played with Jordan in the last last uh, twosome at the at the Masters. Lovemark was just there. I think Lovemark was in the same playoff as Ben on. Yep. Um, yeah. uh, Tony Finau's got a W already. Uh, yep. uh, Rafa Cabrera Bello is a dude that I I have been um, uh, enjoying quite a bit, and I like seeing him more on on on, on the U.S. tour. So uh, for sure, I'm expecting big things out of that first-timer group. Yeah, I left out one other name, Peter Malnati, uh, who is a kind of a, a horse for course for golf courses where it's a little bit more of a uh, straight ball striking, grind it out kind of thing, which is what can happen here. You know, a lot of the long players at the Players Championship, and this is where Finau could go one way or another. And Jason Day spoke to this in his press conference today. It can really annoy the long hitters in that it takes the driver out of their hand on a lot of holes. And that may change next year. They're going to add some length finally. They've resisted it forever. But it's, it's, there's, and that is probably why you get some of these events sometimes here that are a little bit dull. When there's something about when you take driver away from the, the guys too much, it sort of dulls their passion for the place and their excitement for the week. And, and so Day is addressing that. He's, he's, pumping up in his confidence and in, in his ability to hit like a 250 yard four iron or whatever ridiculous yardage he can hit it. And I think somebody like a Finau really needs to kind of approach it that way. And I don't know if he will, but um, because it can be deflating when that's your strength, you know, uh, that, that you can overpower a golf course and here it, it kind of prevents you from, uh, from doing that. So it, 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 that's why trying to handicap this event is, I think, the easily the most difficult on the tour. Plus, you have 144 players, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great field. It's probably the best field in golf. Only Charles Schwartzel's not playing this year from the top 30. And uh, so I don't have uh, – oh. I wish I could – I wish this was an easy one. I mean, we, we literally – the Masters is the easiest to handicap, and now we're, now we're at the toughest. I feel like you were uh, setting me up, though, with a nice segue there. My pick this week is indeed Henrik Stenson, 
because he's oh. a guy who chooses the three wood over driver as part of oh. his strategy. And oh. he's a wow. he's a previous oh. winner. Previous he winner here at the players, very, very uh, familiar with the joint and comfortable. He just needs his putter to get going a little bit um, to be firing at pins the way that, that he likes to, uh, you know, and have that, that confidence and, and, you know, uh, go low in, in a Stenson kind of way. I know that his consecutive um, made cut streak was interrupted yeah, last week at Quail Hollow. Yeah. But I don't. I don't think that that's a disruption. I think he he bounces right back. Um, he he obviously likes it down there at Sawgrass. He's comfortable down there at Sawgrass. He's going to bang three wood um, all around the joint, pin seek, and then he just needs to get the the short stick rolling a little. That's my guy though this week, Henrik Stenson. Okay, well, good pick. Um, but yeah, it, he did have an amazingly long streak. I think it's been oh, a couple of years. Almost since he'd missed a cut, I was going to try to look it up, but uh, Quail Hollow that happens there a little bit. It's, it's a strange place, and um, there, there's some players who just have kind of off weeks there. So good pick. He he does love it here, and he does love to hit that three wood. And I was here when he won, uh, whatever year that was. Now I've already forgotten. It was it was a phenomenal nine. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh nine. That was my. Uh, that's right. That was, and I actually got to write about that one. That was back when we wrote longer stories, and it was uh, it was a, a phenomenal week. But uh, and we do hope to get Henrik on the podcast one of these days. I he is uh, high oh, on I didn't my know list that. for real. Yeah, yeah. He's just one of those players who has so much personality, and uh, there's just so much going on there. And he is such a. Uh, you just have to listen to him after a round and read a transcript he, he just has some really interesting thoughts and different perspectives and of course he's great with the swedish press he's he's amazing uh, in in the time he gives to the media and and uh even when he has a pretty lousy day he just just doesn't bring it to the to the press gathering which i always admire that about those guys because i know i would never be that uh, level-headed I'd, I'd just be a total pain when <laughs> after 75 but he just he just brings the class and uh, uh i love that about him so all right house we've done a lot of tour talk but this is the players and we just have to get to this one other cool article that i also will post on the notes but first this speed round which is brought to you by callaway golf who ask you if you want to be the first to test their new products so head on over to callawaygolf.com slash community and sign up for their callaway community learn about new products chat with your fellow equipment junkies and house there's even a thread going about this podcast so anybody has suggestions about the show uh wants to pose questions for future shows just throw it up there at callaway community that's a callawaygolf.com slash community all right speed round we are going to hijack the si players poll which i thought was particularly good this year they do this annually. They anonymously poll players from the PGA Tour, Champions Tour, and LPGA, um, and just go through a variety of oddball topics. They just pick any and all things, and sometimes it fires, sometimes it doesn't. And I thought this year's was pretty spectacular. They covered everything from uh, if you were in a bar fight, who would you want to have on your back, to uh, – how do you feel about seeing Viagra and Cialis ads during a telecast? Who has the prettiest swing? Do you think Tiger's going to win again? So speed roundhouse, I'm going to just throw uh, a few of my favorite questions out and see what you uh, see what you have to say. Who has the prettiest swing on your tour? And 
the players answered Adam Scott resoundingly at 31%. Louis Ustay's in a 20. And my favorite, though, uh, actually second place was me at 27%. <laughs> well that that me is is the the anonymous player uh that would be that would be every player just nominating themselves uh sure. i thought that was kind of fun actually i love that about I that like question that. uh and then they're they're loose lips on all these the, the, the best quote was whichever one la- won last week and that and that really is the that, point yes pretty well, it's great but out here it really yeah. is how you get the ball into the hole who is your prettiest swing on the tour to you me, I, I, I've always uh, had a fondness for Luke Donald. Um, I, I've, I've, the, the, he's a shorter guy, so it, it's not a swing that I think that I can uh, personally replicate in, in my um, gigantic 6'3 uh, frame. But it looks so um, uh, tightly coiled, so compact, uh, and his finish is, is always in exactly um, the right place that I, I've always enjoyed Luke Donald's swing. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stick with the players and Adam Scott. That's my favorite. Um, who would you rather be paired with, Bubba Watson or Kevin Na? Your, your choice, sir, before I reveal the, the SIGolf.com players poll answer. So I, I feel like I'd um, do better with Kevin Na. I'd feel less pressure um, playing with Kevin Na than playing with, with Bubba because uh, Bubba is such a wild card. And... Uh, He's a he, he's a talker. I mean, we have it from all the social media. We have it from the live broadcasts. He's talking to the ball. He's talking to Ted Scott. He's talking to the ground. Uh, you know, I I, I I understand that there's a knock on Kevin Na for a pace of play, and he's had his issues over the years. But um, that's a nice way a, to put he's, it. <laughs> he's a quiet dude, so that's what, and and I would feel less pressure playing with Kevin Na. So that's my answer. Okay, and that was a quote from the uh, loose lips in the poll. At least Kevin will be quiet. But 62% picked Bubba over Kevin Na, which I think tells you how they feel about the uh, the whole twitchy uh, antics of Na. At least I think they're sort of – Bubba can be somewhat entertaining. And I'll tell you what, Bubba plays fast, and I've watched him a lot because he's played so well at Riviera the last few years. And uh, there is no gamesmanship in – Bubba, and I'm not saying to Kevin Naw that there's gamesmanship in what he does. Um, I just find his stuff to be rude. I find Bubba to just be Bubba being Bubba and being neurotic. Um, all yeah. right, speed round. Players, uh, this was really fun. They, they threw out, would you rather win a major or gold medal? And, of course, majors won resoundingly. And then they asked the players or a gold medal. The players won 62% to a gold medal at 38%. Did that did that surprise I, you in any way? Uh, no, because the purse yeah. is what what is it this year? Is it, uh, is it 1.9 million? To million to the winner? Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, not that surprised to hear um, <laughs> yeah. the independent contractors on the PGA Tour um, elect the W that carries the biggest paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, no, not a huge surprise. But the the one I I was pleased they they did ask then the Texas Open or a gold medal and and gold medal did did beat that one seventy six twenty four. Yeah, that's um, where you draw the line. Yeah, so they did they did come to their senses there. Um, how about the one about your grandkids or kids seeing so many Viagra or Cialis ads during a golf telecast? Where do you come down on that? Uh, <laughs> Would you rather pass? I, 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 
I, I mean, I, uh, I don't think that there's any way I could uh, give an opinion on this without, um, you know, Ringer, the Ringer and, and Shack House podcast have very loose standards. Oh, we already got I don't see how. No, we already got an explicit tag on iTunes for some reason. And we don't even swear. I have no idea why. So, you know, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the old man boner commercials are terrible. They're horrendous. <laughs> now it, we've it earned is, our explicit the, warning. We've earned it. Thank you. It's the it's the it's the single least appealing of the of the broadcast. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I, I one of the things I like the best about um, watching golf on television is is the 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 pace of it and the 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 quiet, the ability to sort of multitask and and um, you know just sort of take in the event. In, in a quiet and uninterrupted uh, way, and the, the 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 guys snuggling with their with their um, you know approaching elderly loved ones is 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 an interrupter. It's 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 um it's a boner deflator to be honest with you, and I'm just not but that into it. They're in separate bathtubs. Come on, I mean the bathtubs are out in the water and the crashing waves. That's that's the very normal way things transpire. There's nothing untoward about that. No, I, 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 I just don't like it. I didn't yeah, say untoward. No, I just don't like it. They're brutal. They're brutal. And I just sat through an hour of press conferences here uh, talking about grow the game, grow the game, grow the game. And it's about the kids and whatever the kids want. And we've got to get the, uh, the young people involved. And then you, you do want to raise your hand in one of those and, and say, Hey guys. Yeah. But how about all the ads for boner pills on your telecast? Does that, does that, how do you, how do you explain that one to the kids? So anyway, we, we haven't even revealed how the players feel about this. And, um, uh, 53% of the PGA Tour players were okay with it. 42% uh, said no, and 5% had a no comment, uh, which the no comment in the anonymous, anonymous poll is a little bit pathetic. But um, anyway, well, I'm glad we resolved that. All right, if you were in a bar fight, who would you want to have your back? Uh, which was an interesting question. I, I don't know what the meaning of that was, but I would imagine a lot of people were shocked by the person who won that poll on the PGA Tour. Were you shocked, House? Uh, I was not shocked one, one bit. Uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing the man up close and, and, and in person, and he is a great big man with great big hands, like hands that, that would bust up your chops <laughs> if uh, you were in the unfortunate position of having those hands coming at your chops. Um, well, that Ernie Els, I know, won it. I, I would say... I, we've seen some guys. One of the things I, I like about the direction that the tour has taken these days is a lot of guys are are more sort of athletically uh, inclined, and there are some guys I can imagine being pretty rough. I don't know if any if any um, guys have worked boxing into their training, and maybe you um, have heard about uh, guys that work boxing in their training, but but somebody like Andrew Loop last week. Um, yeah, has a pretty in incredibly like like flexible swing. Um, you know, his body is contorting in all kinds of different ways. I, I, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with him because I would feel like uh, he would he would just you know be dancing around. I couldn't get my hands on him, um, <laughs> and and he outlast me. Well, uh, first of all, boxing bad idea for golfers lexi thompson hurt her hand doing a photo shoot for golf digest wearing some boxing gloves you just can't injure the hands it's like pianists 
you know, they don't do boxing for training either for a reason. It's the, you've got your hands are your livelihood. Uh, so Ernie Els won 15 percent uh, with uh, on the strength of his massive forearms and hands, and just overall, he's just a big man. Uh, King of Bradley, nine percent. I think he won that one house on the the eyes. I think the I think the the uh, the, the the creepiness factor when he gets really in the mode. I think that's what kind of sold that for him. And then Angel Cabrera at seven percent. Pat Perez, come on, a big, big teddy bear of a man, 5%. How could they get that? Brooks Kepka representing the millennials millennials at 4%. Not bad for him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Brooks is another guy I wouldn't want to be uh, on the wrong side of uh, yeah. an argument with. All right, Hal, so that's that's it for this week. I think we've uh, we've beaten the players to death. I think we got to let everybody sit back and watch it. Uh, I have a column at golfdigest.com uh, the forward press column that lays out all the great ways you can watch this don't forget the live at 17 coverage is really fun to have on in the background at the office just saying um it's it's a great event should be a lively uh, lively happening with some of the good pairings we have i, I assume you're going to watch because we're going to talk about it i believe on uh, early next week we're going to do a little players championship wrap house oh that should be excellent i'm looking forward to it all right. Well, uh, just uh, one other little teaser for everybody. Uh, a couple, actually. There's a whole bunch of great content out there. And uh, starting with Callaway Live, which is back next week. They have a May-June run coming up. It's going to be great. Uh, Tuesday, May 17th, Evan Geiselman, a top professional surfer who nearly died this past December surfing pipeline. is going to tell his amazing story. We can uh, learn about Evan when he's not on the waves and what he's doing on the golf course. And then House on May 24th, Shack House hits Callaway Live. That's right, you and me in Carlsbad, Harry Arnett. Uh, apparently, this is going to be a, a little bit of a, a match. Harry Arnett and Amanda Balionis are going to take us on on Callaway Live. Uh, so who knows what will happen. And, uh, well, the, but the, I the do know there is for nobody to, to not get Harry fired. That's the goal. Okay. Well, I think we can, we can at least make him uncomfortable. Uh, I do know that uh, uh, the largest burrito in North County better be worried. And there is some fantastic Mexican food in the North County. I can attest. And I, we, I'm going to make my case to drag you to uh, my beloved place, uh, Fidel's. So to watch these and all past episodes, head to CallawayGolf.com slash Callaway live and make sure while you're at it, to subscribe to the Ringer's newest podcast, uh, The Watch, keeping it 1600, which I'm absolutely loving here in the election campaign, the Ringer NFL show, and the Ringer NBA show, which is just going uh, gang wild already. On It's just bringing the playoffs together. So much fun to listen to. All of those are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. And Shack House, by the way, is now on Stitcher for all those nice uh, folks out there who asked about that. Uh, we urge you to subscribe, and we hope you enjoy listening. And don't forget, for those of you uh, uh, fans of Game of Thrones, After the Thrones, hosted by our friends Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald, is available after every episode of Game of Thrones on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO Proper. Winter is here, and Chris and Andy are ready to break it down, House. Uh, and we are going to break down the Players' Championship next week. I look forward to it. I really hope we have a good one. Obviously, it'll be tough to beat Ricky Fowler's unbelievable win last year over Kevin Kisner and Sergio and all those guys. But it's a TPC Sawgrass. Should be fun viewing. Look forward to uh, kicking around next week with you, House. Yeah, it's going to be a damn good one. I'm sure of it. All right, everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
before we go, I want to tell you again about our sponsor, DraftKings. Shack House is brought to you by DraftKings.com, where you can experience the thrill of one-week fantasy golf and play to win your share of $400,000 in prizes. My friends, just pick six golfers before Thursday morning's tee-off. I gave you earlier in this podcast the house hot six. Stay under the salary cap, rack up points based on how your players perform, outscore the competition and win, play free with your first deposit with code HOUSE, H-O-U-S-E, at DraftKings.com. Do it now. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.